0: Shalom all. I greet you in the name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ, who lives forever and ever, our Redeemer and Savior. And I'm here this morning to share some thoughts with you. Uh, These are gonna be interesting thoughts. Pastor David and I have been talking about some of these things as they've grown upon my heart over the last several months. But some of this is actually going to reach back several years. You may notice that if you meditate upon the the Word of the Lord, sometimes He drops understandings in. Ever notice that? And Several years ago, as I'm going to talk about, he dropped something into my heart that's been resonating ever since. But to get there, we got to do some. The book of James talks about the fact that we need to look into the perfect mirror of Torah to see ourselves as we really are. And then when we leave, to not forget. The Greek word for truth is very interesting. In the Koine Greek the word is Alephia. Thea means Lethia means forget, forgetfulness. To drink the waters of lethia amongst the Greeks was to experience complete forgetfulness. Ah in the Greek means not. So when we hear the word Aletheia, it means don't forget. When James says, look into the perfect mirror of Torah, see who you are, and when you leave, don't forget. This is going to be challenging this morning Because one of the things that the perfect mirror of Torah teaches you is something to do with your heart. Now we know this is a problem because, for example, the Pharisees looked into Torah, and what they developed were checklists. This is how to be righteous. I do these things, I'm okay. If I don't do those things, I'm okay. As a matter of fact, I can spend my time then pointing to all these other people who clearly do not have their acts together. I thank you, Lord, that you have made me as you have made me, not like that schmuck over there. In other words, they mistook the perfect mirror of Torah, the teachings, the word Torah in Hebrew, it doesn't mean law, that's not a good translation, it means teachings. That when you look into the perfect mirror of the teachings from the teacher, they thought they were looking through a window to see all the people that they could condemn. When actually it was intended to be a mirror. And really a mirror by its nature is there to reflect yourself. It allows you to look upon yourself if it's a reasonably good mirror, it will show you as you are. If it's not a particularly good mirror, and there are some bad ones floating around, it will mislead you. It'll make you think that you are better than you are, when actually, you're in a world of hurt. And that was the whole point of the perfect mirror of Torah, was to show people, their need. Specifically, since it's a mirror, you, me. I don't look in a mirror to see you. That would be startling. And you certainly don't want to look in a mirror and see me. You want to see yourself, and you want to see yourself as you really are because until you see yourself as you really are, you cannot come to an end of yourself. You will be filled with yourself just as surely as the Pharisee was who condemned the poor miserable sinner who at least knew who he was. That man knew who he was, and Christ said, between these two men. Who do you think was forgiven? Whose prayers were heard? We're going to take a look. We're going to talk about. I don't preach. I'm a teacher. So we're going to talk about something. A couple of somethings. Pregnant pause. Let's talk about hardness of heart. One of the things that you will see in the scriptures from one unto the other is the condemnation by God of hardness of heart. It is fundamental to so many other sins it isn't funny. Sometimes it's a root. Sometimes it's a fruit. Sometimes it's both. Doesn't matter. Again and again and again and again in the scriptures, God says, don't harden your heart. It's, as a matter of fact, it's so commonplace in the scriptures that you can find all sorts of passages if you simply go and look up Hardness of Heart. And I'm not going to walk through the 50 to 100 passages that I was able to find very quickly. Actually, when the Book of Proverbs, for example, says that the one who hardens his heart is headed for disaster, for calamity, Why is that? What is hardness of heart reflecting? Let's go back in history. I'm a historian. I like developing things chronologically if I can. The first murder. What a heartbreaker for Adam and Eve. That one son should murder another. And it appears it was because Cain hardened his heart. He was warned by God himself. Sin is crouching at the door of your heart you must turn it away. If you don't turn it away, Cain, it will devour you. Devour you. Now stop and think. Most of us have, well, many of us anyway, have siblings, whom we quite often did not get along with over the years. But imagine bashing their brains out with a rock. Literally. Over the sacrifice. The sacrifice. It was. Do you know what they were arguing about? God had already told them about the sacrificial system. God didn't wait all the way over to the days of Moses to make people aware of this. Adam and Eve knew it from the time that they fell into sin. The light went out. The Shekinah glory was gone. They tried to cover themselves with leaves and branches, and the Lord Himself came down and compassionately slew a lamb. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world well and covered them in its wool. Covered in the blood of the lamb. How interesting. They were being taught from the very beginning about the innocent suffering the penalty of the guilty. About the shedding of blood. So by the time that Abel and Cain were there, they knew enough to actually know the seasons of the gatherings, and the offerings to be made. What happened was Passover came, it was known, Passover came, and Abel was a shepherd and brought the first of his flock. On the other hand, Cain was a tiller of the fields. First fruits. He would bring the fruit, the grain offering. The difference being that Passover was the offering of the lamb on this Sabbath. And then two days later was first fruits. Cain brought grain to Passover. Get it? And he did so knowingly. His brother said, If you do well, won't your countenance be lifted up? If you do the right thing? Won't God accept it? You know the right thing to do. Don't bring first fruits to Passover. God had warned Cain. What did Cain learn from the warning of God? I hate that guy. God warned him that sin was at the very doorway of his heart. And when the time came, he struck his brother down and murdered him. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying up to me from the earth. The Lord hears blood. He hears it. It screams to him. Which makes you wonder what the Lord was hearing at the cross. What was the Lord hearing at the cross? And of course, well, the rest of the story of Cain. Oh, I, I can't bear my punishment. The Lord, no the Lord did not allow capital punishment at this time. Mark was set upon him. He was driven out. Oh, I can hardly bear it. How much do you think he cared for his brother? My punishment is too awful for me. I don't deserve this. There are other uses for mirrors, you see. Poor me. You go down the road, go to the days of Israel. God finally calls his people out of Israel, brings them out of captivity. They see massive signs and wonders again and again and again and again. Stop for a second. What was happening with Pharaoh? Pharaoh. 10 times, 10 times, harden his heart. Harden, I will not let them go. Who does he think he is? How dare you speak that way to me? That's you. That's me. Don't think that the things I, I speak of are pointing over there someplace. They're in the mirror of Torah. Have you ever hardened your heart? Have you ever hardened your heart after you in Christ? Have you ever hardened your heart recently? Are there people you hate, can't stand? Are you estranged from people, right and left? Do you avoid people? If you can't love your brother whom you can see, how can you love God whom you cannot? Hardening of heart will lead to blindness. Next thing you know, you just dry up wither away. I hope this doesn't offend you. Unless you need it. (coughs) Not if you need it. I hope it hurts. Okay? I'm here to speak the truth in love. But it will be the truth. Not it will be in love. But it will be the truth. Pharaoh. Israel, both sides of the divide. Both sides know how to harden their hearts. As a matter of fact, you can make a pretty good case for the fact that Israel outraced Pharaoh in an awful lot of ways. At least Pharaoh was being consistent when he worshiped his false gods. The people of Israel knew better didn't take long you go talk to him on the mountain we find that kind of scary you talk to him for us Moses goes up to talk for the people how long did it take how long did it take before we got to have hey, look, it's been gone about an hour or two about time for that golden calf Bring on the idols. Let's carouse. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. Having seen what happened with Pharaoh ten times over, the lesson they learned from it was they could be worse than Pharaoh. They could harden their hearts better than Pharaoh. They could sin against what they had been taught and seen mightily. Well, no time to go through all that. You know that story. You know what happened when Moses came back down the mountain and heard the sound of carousing and idolatry below him. The first edition of the stone tablets um, came to a sudden end. It was the second printing that finally got there. They had hardened their hearts. They believed that, well, they didn't really love the Lord. They didn't trust Him. As a matter of fact, if you're committing idolatry, which the Lord speaks of as an abomination, you are actually attacking God in the most fundamental way you can. What did the Lord say? I am a jealous God. Do you understand that? Have you reflected much on the jealousy of God? I'm going to suggest it to you. He is not indifferent to our indifference. He cares intensely when we don't care, when we trample underfoot, when we disregard, when we find other priorities other than Himself. It enrages God. He's not just annoyed, He's enraged. Have you forgotten who you are? Have you forgotten who I am? Why are you building broken cisterns that cannot hold water and ignore me, the very river of life? It's perverse. It's evil. And what you do with your priorities Says things about what you believe about God and whether you love and adore Him or not. Away with the hymns that sing about it. If you believe, do! Don't just hoot and holler about it. You must do it. Thus, Israel. What about the kings of Israel? Most of them, Israel and Jula. Most of them you could toss in a trash can. As a historian, every time I read through that, I get such a headache. And then came Huha. And he was twice the son of hell as his father. And his kid was four times that. He did worse than his dad did. What shall we say about Ahab and Jezebel? Oh yeah, there you go. There's a winning team. Okay. Hardness of heart. Can you imagine being told where and when the Lord is going to slay you and going there? The prophet warned him, Ahab, the Lord has determined that you are going to go to Kadesh Barnea, and there you will be slain. You'd think that the last place that you would go would be Kadesh Barnea. Go anywhere but Kadesh Barnea. Don't go to Kadesh Barnea. But, of course, in his hardness of heart, what do he say? I'll fool God. I'll dress like a regular soldier and stick some poor schmuck in my chariot. Let them shoot at him. And what do you know? You get struck by an arrow that somebody in the other army fires just into the void. Most people who shoot arrows and guns, they're not shooting anything particular. They just point it at the enemy and let fly. He let flew an arrow, the scriptures say, and at that particular moment, he was stretching in just such a way that there was an opening, and boop, he got hit. And he died. His wife was worse. She got chucked out of a tower, and the dogs ate her. By the way, those of you who love dogs and everything, the scriptures are not real encouraging about the position of dogs in society. You will search the scriptures in vain for Hebrews who kept dogs in their house. They didn't do that. Why? That's a stinking predator. Okay, I don't want a dog in the house. Dog stays outside and eats whatever he eats. Jezebel's over there. So, in his hardness of heart. Whoa, let's not forget Jonah. Ah, one of my favorite prophets. Jonah the prophet. Jonah, I want you to go to the people of Nineveh, whom you hate, who are the Nazis of their day, that have constantly been a thorn and an oppressor to Israel. I want you to go over there and proclaim in Nineveh, their great city. Preach to them. And in his wonderful attitude, Jonah's response was, I'm buying a ticket for as far away as I can get from Nineveh, which was Tarshish. The furthest away that you could buy a ticket in those days was to go to one of the ocean-going vessels and go all the way through the Straits of Gibraltar, and you would end up in England. Tarshish was in England. We know what happened there. Oops. Storms and problems for the sailors. The sailors, forgive us, God. He says that he's the cause of this. Storm called immediately. He gets swallowed. He gets transported by God's whale service. We call this first-class (laughs) whale. And he arrives, goes and preaches. Not happy about it, obviously. And they repent. He's sitting there waiting to see what happens, and they repent. He was sitting on the hill overlooking the city because he wanted to see Sodom and Gomorrah too. He wanted to see the whole thing nuked, right down to the floor. God asked him an interesting question. Very interesting question. Maybe one of the most important things in the whole book of Jonah, God asked this question. He says, Jonah, do you do well to be angry Are you really sure about that? Yes, I do well. Even unto death. He says to the Lord. His God. With whom he has a chummy relationship. Telling God off. Why? Hardness of heart. In the Greek. Cardiosclera, which literally means hard heart. He hated the Ninevites. And contrary to the spirit of the one who said, bless those who curse you, do good to the ones that harm you. He said, I do well. Let me treasure my anger. And the book actually ends with the Lord asking another question. He says, shall I destroy Nineveh, this great city, this great city that's now repented? Shall I destroy all of the people and the animals too? You might not have a dog in your house, but the Lord doesn't disregard dogs. The animals, too. That's how the book ends. It's the only book in the Bible that ends with a question. Directly from God. To his prophet. I can tell you're a prophet of God. You're a real jerk. You hate these people. You're here speaking on my behalf. You like the part where they get annihilated. Anything that involves forgiveness, you don't have the time of day for. How about you? How about you? How's your hardness of heart going? How's that working for you? The Lord is the only judge. The Lord is the only one who is faithful and true, who sees the, the core of every heart, the one who saw to the core of Cain's heart and said, watch out. Christ said, you've heard it said, you shall not kill technically murder but I say to you that if you look upon your brother with hatred in your heart you have already killed that is murder you're just waiting for the opportunity a bad moment and you're done I don't know what came over me bunk. You don't know what came out of you. Be looking in that perfect mirror of Torah. The Lord will put warnings in there for you. You will see those times when the Lord says, do you do well? You're sure? You're absolutely sure that you do well. Hardness of heart. I think it's one of the most important spiritual conditions and causes of spiritual death in existence because I think it rests directly upon pride. The foundation of the hardness of heart is pride. And we know where that leads. Just look at Satan, a liar from the beginning, a murderer. What does it flow from? You think that Satan has a soft heart? What's underneath the hardness of the heart of Satan? Who would slay billions if he could? Pride. I will be like the most high. Well, he isn't necessarily the only one who makes that statement. There have in history been very many others Who would be like the Most High? It's a commonplace. So, this is why if you read the book of Hebrews, you'll see several times the book of Hebrews says, Don't harden your hearts. Don't be like Israel in the wilderness. Don't harden your hearts. Don't trample underfoot the spirit of grace by which you have been sealed. Don't turn away from the great teachings of the Lord as to how to follow the one who says God's love. The very one who said, if you don't love your brother whom you can see? How can you love God whom you cannot? In other words, if you're having problems with people around you, if you have judged and cut off the people around you, if you're running around estranged, if you are in a position of actively, passively, openly, hiddenly hating and thus murdering, you're murdering In your heart, they're dead. God is not pleased with you. Don't come to me with your prayers. Right back to Matthew 18. Go over there. Drop your offering. Go over there. Make things right with your brother. Then come back and offer things. I'm not interested in your offering. I'm interested in the act of love that you show. In you acting like I am. As Paul said, be an imitator of me as I am also of Christ. Okay? Imitate me. I'm imitating Christ who in turn is embodying God. Don't come before the Lord with your swelling prayers and your great piety. while hating the people around you. Chopping them off. And you know how this goes. You could be very passive-aggressive with this. You don't have to come out and punch them in the face. You just don't talk to them. You just cut them off. Every time they try to reach out to you, you chop off the hand. Let them have it. I love God. I just hate that person. You're a liar. The truth is not in you. and That in turn leads to murder. And that person has already many times over died in your heart. And who sees that? Not me, and I'm really glad. I got enough to deal with with me being me. I don't need to be looking at you being you. I got my own perfect mirror of Torah, you got yours. Thank God that I don't see what's in yours. So how do we, how do we deal with this? Well, it's interesting. The scriptures make it clear that we're not to be hard hearted The Lord speaks through Jeremiah. He spoke of the fact that he would take away from the people their heart of stone. Isn't that an interesting phrase? A heart of stone. A heart of stone is a hard heart. And he would replace it with a living heart. He would, by his spirit, do that. Which would automatically abolish pride it would automatically cause you to flame into love. Humility, the opposite of pride, humility, self-realization through the perfect mirror of Torah. I am undone. If that's me, I'm a dead man. Help me, Lord. That's all that the perfect mirror of Torah was ever intended to do, not give you a checklist. Not give you a way to avoid being Christ like, but to bring you to an end of yourself so that you might fly to the Savior. Rush into His arms because apart from Him, there is no life whatsoever. There is only hell. Soften your hearts. Live out a, a living heart. It's your legacy in Christ. You have been born again. If you are in Christ, you are born again. The Holy Spirit lives within you. You have a new spirit. You have a new heart. Don't pour asphalt all over it. Don't quench the spirit. Don't trample the truth you've been given. You should be living it out in joy and satisfaction, reaching out to others, putting others, the interests of others, ahead of yourself. Does this sound familiar? Is this hard? Haven't we? It's been in the scriptures from the beginning. You can weave dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of passages together. Do you know how long it took me to prepare for this sermon? Exactly. If it's right, your whole life is the preparation. If you're squandering your life, you have nothing to offer at all. That's what you have to offer. Give no thought, Christ told the disciples, to what you'll say. When the time comes, I'll give you the words. If you immerse yourself in the word of God, you'll never be sucking air. You'll never be without the truth at the moment that you need it to speak forth the great and grand glory of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. I promised you a little something at the beginning. Something that happened several years ago. I've shared it with a few close friends over about the last, it's been roughly three years. Just a few. It's very quiet. And at first, it might even seem kind of silly. But you watch. If you contemplate it, it will grow on you. If you say, yes, but how do I soften my heart? How do I work this out? About three years ago, I was sitting outside on my deck and contemplating. I do that a lot. If you are not contemplating, you're really missing out. And the word of the Lord came to me. Without words, he spoke to me and I resonated like a pure bell struck with a hammer. It resonated. And I was awestruck because I know that had come directly from the Lord. It was in the form of a question Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Because this will resonate in your own, unless you have a hard heart, in which case it's just going to go splat, and you'd better get to work quick. It will resonate in your own heart, and it will surprise you. Because the people I've shared it with, in some cases, it took months. For them to be, begin to realize how important and how fundamental the question was. <laughs> the Lord told me this Are you willing to be pleased? David, are you willing to be pleased? If your heart is hard, the answer will always be no. I am still moved to tears by that question. if you've never been moved to tears by revelation from God, then I feel sorry for you. Are you willing to be pleased? It is my creation, my salvation, my determinate will from before the foundation of the universe that you should be, you, them, for better or worse, sickness and health, daylight and darkness, are you willing to be pleased on your deathbed? Are you willing to be pleased? don't answer that question quickly or immediately Let it cut you to the soul which is what was intended because when you can answer that rightly you you won't have a problem with a hard heart Amen. Pastor Roger will be uh, working with us on the communion, and uh, the worship team will come up. In the meantime, I wish you shalom and blessings, brothers and sisters. May the Lord take this and use it in your life as he sees fit.